Hello, friends. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for you to listen to this interview. This interview is with a dear friend of mine, Sylvie Kukasian. She is a relationship coach, a boundaries expert, a attachment systems genius, and we got into a beautiful conversation today about boundaries specific to romantic relationships and friendships. And her and I have this beautiful personal relationship with each other where boundaries has played such a crucial role in the unfolding of our connection. And we share so much about our personal relationship with each other and how we've set and invited boundaries in with one another, how we respect each other's needs, how we amplify each other's light, celebration, gosh, all the yummy things that make sisterhood so worth having. And I am so excited for you to hear this episode and also an update on the workshop before we get into the episode today. I have been really feeling into it and I am going to make the workshop free and we're going to do it at the beginning of March instead of tomorrow. And I'm going to revamp a couple more things to put a little bit more sparkle and magic in there. So There will be an updated link in the show notes with the proper time and it's free to register. So if that feels good to you, go on ahead and click the link in the show notes. We're going to be talking about visioning for love and the incorporation of pleasure magic and pleasure alchemy when it comes to creating a vision for yourself, your life, and your love life that really freaking turns you on, which just that slight little shift really turns me on. So I'm excited to jam with you and anyone who has already purchased a ticket, I will be in touch, um, about refunding that and registering you for the proper, uh, workshop coming up soon. And I am so just thrilled to share Sylvie with you and be, in this conversation and allow all of you to, you know, take it in. And one of the things that really stood out to us after we recorded this episode was how important it is for women to experience other women in sisterhood so that you know what it feels like in your body. You know what it feels like in your cells to witness to women who are in healthy sisterhood relationships. And that's really my vision for all of the interviews this season. Uh, I'm featuring women in my coven, women in my sisterhood circle, who we do have these really beautiful, healthy relationships with so that you can get that coded into your body, into your cells, into your experience so that you you can recognize those healthy relationships when they present themselves in your life. And you also have, you know, a lot of tools in your tool belt to go and generate those types of creation, those types of creations, those types of connections for yourself and that beautiful heart of yours. So let's get into it. Let's drop in. And as per usual, if you loved the episode, please share it on your social media, leave us a review on iTunes tunes. That's so helpful. And, you know, just share, just share the things that really made a difference for you. Even if it's a conversation that you have and you've never shared on social media, like get these conversations flowing in your life. They are so important, especially at this time. And, uh, without further ado, here we go. Enjoy. Hi everybody. Welcome back to the pleasure portal podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant and Today is a very special day. I have my gorgeous and amazing and brilliant friend, Sylvie Kukasian. She is joining us for an epic conversation, probably about boundaries. That's where we're likely going to go because she is the boundary queen. And gosh, Sylvie, I'm just so thrilled you said yes. And it is such an honor to share this space and time with you. I look up to you so much. I like I'm just in awe of who you are and how you orient yourself in the world. And you bring such depth and compassion to not only your work, but who you are as a human being on this planet and who I've been able to experience you as in our sisterhood and our friendship. And 
you know, I think you came into my life. I remember seeing you when I was running an old account um, with a former partner of mine. And I was like, who is this lady? And then we started following each other and I'm like, I really like her and I really like your message. And then it just blossomed into this friendship and we've never even met in person, but I feel like we've lived lifetimes together and I am just thrilled to share you with my community and for them to get to experience even just a snapshot of the kindness and the generosity and the love that you so easily exude in our relationship and out in the world with your work. So thank you for saying yes. Oh my gosh, you already have my eyes filled with tears <laughs> and we haven't even started yet. They're not even laughter tears either, because those happen too, where we're laughing so hard <laughs> that we're crying. Oh, what an honor. And how, how could I not say yes to doing a podcast with you? I mean, I was so excited and the feelings and the expression of just awe and love and care is so mutual. And I'm so just honored to be able to call you one of my dearest friends and how much safety you've created for me in my life and in my safety to express boundaries. And I mean, I could go on and on, but I just feel so, so grateful for our connection and thank the ethers of Instagram for yes. bringing us in each other's yes. lives. Yes. As much as social media can sometimes be a shit show, there is often like this other side to it where I get to meet incredible humans like you who I don't know that we would have crossed paths if it wasn't for social media, like probably because I would have been frolicking at some point in LA going to Disneyland being like, la 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 with my ribbon <laughs> wand. And you would have been like, Ooh, yes. Soul tribe. I know that person. They're in my soul pod. <laughs> You would, have, you would have activated my inner child for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so good. So yeah, I wanted to bring you on to talk about boundaries because this is an area that a I think a lot of people could really benefit from having some more data and more information. But also when it comes to pleasure, like boundaries are a non-negotiable. Like it's really difficult to have a fully expansive and uh, like surrendered experience of pleasure. So just like allowing ourselves to feel more pleasure if we don't also have the structure and the protection of boundaries. So given that the fact that you are the boundary queen and you are so good in this department, I'd love to you know start our conversation there and then obviously share a bit about how that has impacted our relationship with each other because our relationship is so healthy because of the boundaries that we set with each other and the requests that we make. So maybe let's start with your definition of boundaries and how, in your opinion, boundaries are so essential for healthy relating. Beautiful place to start, right? With defining boundaries. And yes. what I love is that there's so many ways I've seen people define it. And the one that really resonates the most is that boundaries are limits that we create in order to protect our integrity, our emotional mm. well-being, our physical well-being, our spiritual, energetic well-being, intellectual well-being. And it's a way of, again, setting limits both personally and also relationally. So there's boundaries that we set or we create around ourselves so that we're protecting ourselves from ourselves. Mm -hmm talked about as much and then there's the boundaries we create in a relationship where this is what I need in order mm -hmm. to actually feel safer to drop in more deeply with you mm -hmm. and to also take care of myself at the same time yes 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 I love that so much could you give everyone an example of what a personal boundary like you with you might look like and how one might set that with themselves <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I, that's the, the reason why I love the work of boundaries so much is because there's so many different lenses that we can, we can work and look at them. And the, the personal, it's, it can be something like how much social media content I want to consume mm -hmm. in a day. Mm -hmm. um, 
being aware of how much work I'm going to do versus knowing when it's time to pause so that I can rest and yes. honor my, my capacity, um, knowing that if I don't take this time to rest and honor my capacity, that I'm not going to be really functioning at my my highest um boundaries around sleep you know mm. nobody else are gonna and i know this one is a juicy one for you as mm-hmm. well for my partner like really has asked me you know to support him it's his boundary but it's like we can invite that support from people in our lives mm-hmm. to really help nourish those personal boundaries yes and even though they don't they're not relational right and then there's relational boundaries will be you know, perhaps how we want to engage in conflict and any limitations that we mm-hmm. want, might want to put there. Um, in the pleasure, in the sexuality, sensuality domain, um, these are things that are off limits for me. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I can communicate this allows me to, uh, again, really, you know, drop in and uh, take the, the sensuality connection more deeply. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another practical example of a relationship domain. I can give one like from our relationship. Sure, that'd you be know? great. I remember when you first invited me to um, the the, uh, the the first podcast we did together. Yes, yes. And I was so nervous, and I was I was I was so in my own experience, and just like I I wanted to jump in, but I didn't I didn't even know why I was nervous in the way that I was. Mm. And I remember you asked me this beautiful question that nobody's ever asked me before, mm. and it was so deeply touching and honoring. And it was, I wrote it down. What do you need from me in order to feel safe around this experience? And I just remember staring at my phone and just thinking to myself, who is this person? <laughs> like, who is this person that knows, like, to even ask me this question that I didn't even know that I needed? And because that question essentially communicated to me that, A, I was allowed to have certain limits or boundaries around things. Mm-hmm. And in order to, you know, allow me to speak those things, which then made me feel safe to move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most beautiful things I think that we often don't think about is that we can invite boundaries into the relationships that we have in a way that creates so much safety for the other person creates so much more um connection and Mm. it has never left me that question Mm. and just your your acknowledgement acknowledgement of that and the honor the the, how deeply honored i felt and safe oh sylvie now i'm gonna start to cry just going to be us crying and acknowledging each other back and forth this whole time. <laughs> Basically. So good. And well, I mean, what I find so interesting about that is that a lot of people have this idea that boundaries have to be this harsh, you know, expression. And really for my experience of boundaries is quite the opposite. It's a dropping in of vulnerability. It's a sharing of my heart and relating to the other person as though they're capable of understanding what I'm saying, but also responding in a way that's really loving and respectful. And that's, that's very much an inside game for me. Like that's all me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what you did was extend vulnerability. Like you told the truth and you shared with me what was really alive and true for you, which then made it so easy to be responsive to your experience. And like that's a relational skill set to be able to be responsive to someone's experience versus reactive. And I think that's where a lot of the powerful boundary setting can really gain its momentum is when we are being responsive, not only to ourselves, but to each other. And getting the other person's world, which, you know, in my opinion, is something that the world could use a little more of these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about boundaries, it's it's also that I think you and I were in a place in our lives where there was a lot of alignment mm-hmm. around our boundaries were not, they never felt rejecting of the other person's core mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that um, that I have found to be um, problematic in, in the boundaries expression when it's held in the, in, a, in the more rigid way is, mm-hmm. is really exploring when 
boundary setting, it becomes relational avoidance. Right, right. And really, when we get perhaps locked in patterns where we're withholding connection in a way that I would, I don't want to use the word that feels rejecting for the other partner, but doesn't leave room for the possibility of connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to navigate that because mm-hmm. I think we all feel like, well, this is my limit in this moment. I, I need to have a boundary. And of mm-hmm. course it's not about challenging this space. We never, we can't demand people to, you know, be present for things that they're not ready for. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking more so in the emotional content that um, that really nourishes and sustains long long term connections, and um, that just keeps people interwoven in one another's lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important and distinction for everyone to start to marinate in, <laughs> because relationships are not a one person system, and when we are sharing our boundary, we still have to consider that there's another human being on the other side who has valid needs and valid desires and their experience matters too. And I think maybe the caveat is like abusive behavior. Like that is a very hard line, very um, very hard line. But when it comes to most relational boundaries, like we're not dealing with an abusive system. We're not dealing with, you know, violent, you know, language or violent actions with each other. And it's more so like, I have this need that feels very urgent for me right now. And I might be feeling a little threatened and like, you need to do what I say so that I feel better. And that can be, well, it just won't work. (laughs) And then then we refine our process. And Honestly, I think the only reason why I was able to be responsive, not only in our relationship, but in my other relationships is because I have royally fucked this up so many times in my life. Mm. Like my 20s Ditto to that. was a shit show <laughs> relationally and with boundaries. Like someone had asked me what my needs were in my 20s. I'd be like, I don't have any needs. Or I just wouldn't know how to answer that question, which is for me, like one of the building blocks of setting healthy boundaries is knowing what my core values are and knowing what my needs are. And if I can't even discern and distill that information, how am I ever going to communicate a boundary to honor those things that I need, want, and desire? It's very difficult to, so it requires a good amount of self-reflection but also knowing that the other person is not you and they are a whole different entity with maybe different needs or maybe, you know, different core values in addition to the ones that you share and their experience is just as valid. And how do we navigate through two different experiences without invalidating one or both people? Such a powerful place to be. I mean, I couldn't relate more to the, the, the not doing this well for most of my life. I was writing a piece of writing, writing something yesterday that was really about how many relationships I've, I think I've lost or walked away from because I didn't know how to communicate a need or a boundary. Mm. And had I been able to articulate it, it was a possibility that it could have been responded to well, which could have therefore protected the relationship. So I think, you know, boundaries, we think they're personal a lot of times, but when we're creating relational boundaries, we're doing it in service of the relationship because otherwise Mm -hmm. the relationship does not stand a chance. Mm -mm. The inauthenticity, Mm -mm. the resentment, the anger just builds and builds and builds until it starts to crack the foundation. Mm -hmm. Very, very true. And, you know, in terms of like co-creating a relationship, I can see that at play so much within our friendship. Like there have been series of conversations that we had where we were essentially creating the container for our friendship. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know you. I want to know you. And, you know, tell me, tell me what you need. And I remember I was sitting on this couch. I was actually laying on this couch that I'm sitting on now. 
And I remember talking to you and having this profound conversation about our relational needs in friendship Mm -hmm. and some of our wounds that we were were quite similar when it came to the feminine and other female relationships and friendships that we'd had and that we both had this intention to do it differently with each Mm -hmm. other. And in order to do it different, we had to have like these creation conversations where we we did invest quite a bit at the beginning of our connection to really get to know each other and to ask those vulnerable questions. Like, what is it that leaves you feeling like really supported? What leaves you feeling really heard and understood? Like, how much time do you need in between connection points like and really advocating for ourselves and each other and like that data gets stored in my in my brain (laughs) and I'm like oh yeah we haven't like touched touch base for a while like we I need to like send out a message and you're usually like feeling that same feeling around the same time and I'll reach out or you reach out and we're like oh I was just thinking of reaching out to you like and so we both know kind of the the limit that we have in terms of you know going through phases without maybe talking or texting on a regular basis and if the other person is feeling disconnected like I always feel safe to bring that to you Mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, I'm feeling like I miss you or I'm feeling disconnected or I don't know what's going on with you. (laughs) And you're always so responsive Mm -hmm. that you don't leave me hanging. You understand like the anxiety that might be bubbling there and you're responsive. Even if you can't give me like a full deep dive, you'll still give me an acknowledgement that the message has been received and that you hear me, you validate me and you'll give me a by when, when you'll get back to me. And that really works for me. And I know that you've communicated that there's been similar experiences on your end of really having those needs validated, but then also responded to in a way that's quite different than what we've experienced in other female friendships. Completely. I feel like everything you just said that I bring you, you bring like that <laughs> responsiveness of like, you know, when we put our vulnerabilities out there, it's really scary. And mm-hmm. especially when you've had evidence of it minim- being minimized, dismissed, shamed, or just yeah. overlooked. And I think whenever I would reach out, um, same, it would be, you would just be responsive. You wouldn't leave me hanging for a long period of time. And, and I think, my nervous system had no idea how much I really needed that in mm. friendships. I think it's mm. easy to direct this stuff all on romantic relationships, yeah. right? We focus a lot in that department. And and I think it it wasn't until it was like I didn't, a lot of the things that came up for me in our relationship, I didn't even know I needed until it, until you mm. gave it to me. I didn't even know I was <laughs> thirsty until you brought me water and you, mm. you gently held it against me, my bosom. <laughs> into your mouth (laughs) or just near your face and you could open your mouth if you wanted to drink it with a perfect golden rainbow straw (laughs) that's me in a nutshell you nailed it i love it (laughs) oh so good so so good and yeah it just it's really made our relationship easy You know, I, I have other relationships where there isn't this level of ease because there isn't this same degree of attunement, skill set, or responsivity. Like their their ability to be responsive is just not the same. And you and I seem to have very similar needs yes. in a lot of ways, which I think is part of what makes it flow a little bit more smoothly we've also both invested time and energy and a lot of our creative energy into learning how to do this better after royally fucking it up. And, you know, I am always someone who is going to advocate for making mistakes. Like if I don't make a mistake, then there's no way that I can learn how to do that better. And I don't think that mistakes should be avoided or poo-pooed. Like, they're going to happen. I can't know what I don't know before I know it. And to hold myself to that impossible standard, it just takes me out of actually being available to learn how to do it more effectively in the future. And so our relationship has been such 
a beautiful playground for me to practice and like have that immediate feedback, like, Oh, this actually works. Mm -hmm. Communicating in this way really works, especially when you're paired up with someone who has a similar skill set. You know, we're both manifesting generators. We have a lot of words of affirmation. affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) We'll sometimes like give each other like these voice memos that are like 20 minutes long. That are just like full of like appreciation and acknowledgement, but also like sharing dreams. And like, that's something that I really value about you is like, no matter how wild my dreams are, like I bring them to you and you amplify them. Mm-hmm. Not once have you, like, have I ever brought something to you and you're like, mm, Kelsey, I don't know that that's really possible. <laughs> you know? You're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> where are we going? What are we doing? And that is like, that's like nectar to me. Like that is, you know, a piece that I didn't know that I needed from a friendship until I got it from you Mm. where I can just dream really big and not have a cap on that, not have a cap on the possibility. And you play along with it, you feed into it. it. And then it just like moves this energy of creation. And then I'm able to show up in my life with my heart much more wide open, much more grounded and rooted mm-hmm. all because like I come up with a wild fantasy of my dream life. And you're like, that sounds like a really great idea. <laughs> I support this full heartedly. <laughs> To me, it's like you're you're highlighting support. You know, you're Mm -hmm. highlighting, be with me in this, Mm -hmm. and 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 even if it is in the clouds and it never happens, the fact that we can play in that realm together, yeah, and you know, support. I feel like it just looks so it looks so different. And I think you know, one of the things you really awakened. I know people listening are gonna be like, "All right, we get it. You guys are obsessed with each other." Literally every interview is just like me and my girlfriends having conversations. I mean, like, this is our love fest. Okay. This is our love fest. <laughs> well, it's it's that part that, you know, you I, I remember in my past relationships, one of the one of the challenges I had in my friendships was um in some of them was I I I didn't know how to ask for more reassurance. Mm. And I I really needed more of that. And I think Mm -hmm. part of it was, again, the context of our culture who, you know, I was always teetering between, wait, I shouldn't have needs because we're supposed to be self-functioning versus, but hold on, I feel really bad. And Mm -hmm. we have a really amazing relationship. And I feel like I need this, this acknowledgement or just more praise or more just, just mirroring of like my, my, the positive things I bring. Mm -hmm. And I remember in a particular friendship where, oh my gosh, I mean, it was a shit show the way that I, it it came, the energy in the which I brought it, it was, it was just, it came because it was so suppressed Mm. and we just spiraled down into the space. And I think it was during one of our, one of our coaching calls where you said something like anytime you need your tires, what was it pumped? Pumped, yeah. pumped like just let me know and I was like really like I could just ask you for reassurance and you can just be with that and again it was another pivotal moment of that safety to know that I can bring because I think this is another area of vulnerability that we don't often think about you know mm. being vulnerable about our pain of course yes. is vulnerable but being vulnerable about our joys mm-hmm. is vulnerable too. Mm-hmm. And we can mm-hmm. feel so much shame and go into that space when it, our excitement and our dreams and the things that we're pursuing yeah. are not m- met well um, within the people that we really care about. So mm-hmm. you really brought, you really, you really highlighted mm-hmm. that. And I was like, all right, this is what I need now. Everyone else has got to raise the bar, yes. you know? But it's, it's from a place of, again, just acknowledging the healthy attachment that we need. Mm-hmm. Where do we take these lessons that, where did these messages even come from? You know, and of mm-hmm. course, we all have our family systems where we've learned certain things and felt like we had to be a particular role. So stepping outside of that, you know, I always identified as feeling like I was the observer taking care of the emotional dynamic in my family system. Mm-hmm. So having those needs myself felt really 
It felt very foreign mm-hmm. and comfortable. Mm-hmm. So you did that. Oh, thank you for sharing that with me. And I think the like the spaces that we have in terms of our friendships. I really do think that there has to be a pivot where we are celebrating each other's joy. Like there's so much focus culturally in North America, at least because that's where we are right now. Like let's focus on what's wrong. What's not working. Like get to the heart of it. Like, and it's always looking for something bad. It's like, okay, there's value in that. Like I want to understand the inner workings of my mind and my experience. Absolutely. But if I'm not balancing that with cultivation of joy and the celebration of that joy, I'm going to get pulled into a very deep, dark undertow that is going to be hard to come back up, up to the surface from. Mm -hmm. And so to make it a habit in a friendship to celebrate each other's wins, to celebrate each other's joy. Like when you need that reassurance, like that's part of my role as your friend is to remind you of your brilliance when you've temporarily forgotten, Mm. you know, and you do the same for me. Like there are times where I slip out of my alignment, where I slip out of remembering who the fuck I am and I'll just SOS. (laughs) Yes, I've temporarily forgotten who I am. Can you remind me? And or I need my tires pumped, or I need reassurance. And like, um, that's been such a powerful like habit to get into the practice of doing is outing that vulnerability of like I feel like I need reassurance in this moment, mm. and. To be able to do it in friendship has enabled me to bring that level of vulnerability and depth into romantic or sexual relationships Mm. where it is actually okay to ask for reassurance from your partner. Mm. And I honestly, I don't know where that narrative came from or that belief came from that we should be able to do it all on our own and you should never need to ask for reassurance. Like that seems like a recipe for disaster. Well, even, you know, as you're sharing all of this, Kelsey, it really highlights also this this narrative of that you and I have uh, really worked through a lot of our own, um, how how patriarchy can really create in in some of the harmful ways can create um, com- competition mm-hmm. status and how that has also been absorbed by a lot of women because that's yeah. the that's the the that's the majority of what we see in, in the ethers and in the in the mainstream. So I think both of us were at a point where, and I know for me, I had experienced those levels of dynamics mm. with friendships with women in the past. And mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I didn't want it. And I think if we're coming up against resistance around supporting, celebrating, I think it's so important that we explore that and we yes. question that. And we, we really contextualize it so that we can see okay if i am if there's envy if there's feelings of jealousy and to really really name those things Mm. so that maybe you do need to bring those things forward too and share them but that you don't forget to also celebrate you know Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that that came up for me a lot in in my relationship with my intimate partner in the beginning was when we met, he was doing really well, and I was in a really insecure place in my career. And I went into the role of supporter, and I started to feel really, really resentful. He didn't ask mm. me to do those things; I just took it on because right, that's the right. role that felt comfortable. And the 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 feelings of jealousy and the feelings of not feeling like I could support him in the ways that I really wanted to. I was like, mm. "Why is this here?" And mm. teasing that apart so that I could look at, you know. I need to be also doing the things that are important to me so that I can also be celebrated. Yes. We're not pursuing the things that feel joyful and exciting for us. And we're putting all of our focus and attention on another person. Of course, we're going to feel a disconnect with that. And that Mm -hmm. can happen in friendships just as much as that can happen in intimate relationships. Absolutely. Especially with the world of social media and there can be like so many assumptions that get made like, oh, this person has this many followers and I only have this many and like they're not supporting me. And like that doesn't come up for me a lot, but occasionally when it does, I really do have to check myself because I'm like, have you asked them to support you? (laughs) 
like you could literally make a request and you know, the worst that they can say is no, the worst that they can say is no, I won't share that post or no, I won't promote your course. In which case there's a whole other world of friends at your disposal that you could also ask. And the likelihood of anyone in my community saying, nah, I'm not going to support you. Like that, that's literally like grounds for entry into this community is like that willingness to amplify each other and support each other and champion for each other. And when one of us kind of dips, everyone kind of rallies around them to be like, okay, how do we elevate? How do we get you back on track? And what do you need from us in order to really be reminded and be back in your power, be back in your alignment? And, you know, anytime I've asked you for support, you're just there. And if there was something that you could not support me in, I know that you would provide me with a counter offer. Mm. And that is something that I really love about boundary setting is that it becomes a bit of a negotiation sometimes of like, and this is going back to like honoring the sovereignty of both people and honoring the needs of both people. So I, you know, make a request and you have full agency to decline my request. Mm. You also have full agency to accept my request. You also have full agency to be like, there are parts of the request I can do and there are parts that I can't. So here's my counter offer. Mm. And then I get to, you know, digest that and say like, does that work for me? If it does, great, we proceed. If not, I counter offer your counter offer until we get to an agreement with each other, something that works for both people. And I think that goes back to much of what you were saying about collaboration and celebration. Like we, you know, become better collaborators interpersonally when we're able to practice this within our friendships, within ourselves and with our romantic partners as well. And even in in the way that you're saying, like, I love that. I think so much of a relationship is an, it is a negotiation. It's yeah. not the sexiest word, but that's what it is. And that's the reality is that mm-hmm. we're looking at both people in any dance that we're involved in. And, you know, I really want to make space for, you know, for people listening to this, that you're allowed to have a reaction to boundaries. Yes. You're allowed to feel rejected. You're allowed to feel hurt. You're allowed to feel surprised by it i mean you're allowed to feel what are some other reactions that we feel to boundaries sometimes i mean sometimes i felt disgust mm. I'm like oh how dare you ask <laughs> <laughs> you know and really like that comes down to either something that really doesn't fit for me or i have a similar need or desire that mm. i have pushed down and denied and rejected mm. And so like, that's, that's one that comes up, but I think surprise, um, hurt, I think hurt is a big one that can come up for people, um, hurt and surprise because it it is like high quality information. That's my working definition of boundaries. It's the high quality information that people need to love you better. And I think maybe sometimes a surprise happens because our person brings this high quality information and then we internalize it. We make it about ourselves like, oh, I must not be a good partner if I didn't know this about them already. Like, there's no way you can know what you know until you know it. Absolutely. (laughs) And they've had something wrong. Yeah. I crossed this line. How could I have done that? But nobody didn't know the line was yet yeah and that's the thing sometimes we don't even know what our boundaries are i would say almost all the time until they somebody crosses Mm -hmm. them how Mm -hmm. do you know unless you feel that response the discord yeah yeah Yeah. and even just normalizing that in this conversation i think is going to be wildly revolutionary i feel i feel feel responses to sometimes especially when boundaries presented more so when it's presented in a harsh way or Mm -hmm. if i'm feeling um it's more related for me like not having enough connection points and i just feel like might i have to really tolerate and stretch Mm-hmm. But also coming back with the counter experience, I yes. think this is what I really have been leaning into is I totally honor and respect your boundaries. And this is also important for me. How can we create a way where um, we're also staying connected a little bit more? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's a tricky thing. It's because both people have to be a little bit flexible. I have to learn yes. to tolerate this. Another person has to be willing to lean into this and it's not so, it's not so black and white. 
Mm-hmm. Unless there's abuse, which then it is. Yes. <laughs> then it's very, very black and white. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. It's like our ability to negotiate while still remaining connected in our heart mm-hmm. is a skill set that I really wish was more well spread throughout our mm-hmm. culture and was taught in in school or in some way, shape, or form, because it is such a powerful skill set to embody. And even being able to narrate the experience as it's happening of, oh, I, I noticed that I'm feeling a little constricted. You know, I totally respect and honor your boundary and I'm having some feelings and there's some, you know, crunchiness in in my belly or like tension. I feel myself gripping. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure what that's about, but I'm going to go figure it out. Or like, maybe we can talk it through to make sense of it because I do really want to support you in having what you need, even if I can't provide it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that has been something that I've held in high regard in my relationships, but haven't always been met by partners with that same level of regard of like, well, if I can't give you what you need, I still want you to have it. And let's find a solution so that you have what you need, even if it might mean you need to get it from your your best friends or, you know, a colleague, or you take a class or like there's ways for you to get your needs met that still fit the parameters and the agreements of our relationship where I just might not be the one providing for that exact need in the exact way that you think it should be, but it becomes this collaboration, this exploration of like, all right, well, let's put our creative thinking caps on and make some magic. Mm. Like, I want you to have what you need. I've never not wanted my partners to have what they need. Mm. I want them to be their best in the world. I also know that there are limitations that I have. Like, I might, may not always be able to either be available at the exact time that they need me to be available, or you know they might be making an ask of me that I just, it, it's a hard no for me. And so there's this space for flexibility, but there has to be an agreement of both people or the people involved to, you know, act in a way that does embody that flexibility when it comes to a situation that's a little tricky to navigate. Completely. And it's, you're speaking so much to that tension. I think, you know, of that tolerating mm-hmm. that difficult layer, mm-hmm. what does it look like to, to, to hold that no on the other end of it? Or yeah. like you said, even though I can't necessarily meet this, but I still want to be an advocate for you so that you mm-hmm. are experiencing joy and fulfillment I, can, I have some work to do in that area <laughs> I think my partner is a little bit he can hold a little bit more space for that kind of complexity um he's helped me he's helped my world be more gray which has been mm. lovely oh, I love that he's so lovely like, he's, so, he's lovely. so lovely and to be able to navigate those spaces of gray you know that's where the the magic is in a relationship, in a friendship, just in life. It's it's in the complexity, it's in the gray, it's in the nuance. And, you know, if we kind of get out of the, the this or that thinking, it has to be one way or this way, and like, it's so divisive. And that's not going to create connection and intimacy in your friendships or in your romantic pairings. Like it's just it not create room for it doesn't create that space for possibility mm-hmm. and new ideas to mm-hmm. flourish. It's like that third way. It's not your way. It's not my way. What else is there? What other, what other entity is, is yes. wanting to come forward, but being open to that space. I mean, again, talk about vulnerability. There it is again. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it is always there. Vulner- vulnerability and boundaries are like, I would say best friends. I say so too. Yeah. Can't have one without the other. I mean, you could, but it wouldn't feel so good. It wouldn't be as pleasurable. And like, there is a way to set boundaries that increases your experience of pleasure in your body. Maybe not right away, but the boundary is there to ensure that you can open deeper Mm -hmm. and it feels safe to open deeper. And 
I think sometimes we're so starved for high quality connection that we expect someone to open all the way within the first five minutes and then we're cheesed off at them when they don't. Mm. And that's something that I really love about our relationship. It's been this slow and steady opening. And that was largely a request that you made early on of like, this is some, you know something about my nervous system. I want to go slower and like really honor my pace. And like, this is great. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that. That's so wild. You know, like let's, let's move slowly. Cause like, we don't want to go like, I think it came down to, we both had experienced codependency with other women in our friendships. And for me, like it was that instant fuse of like, Ooh, we're BFFs. And like, we're so fused together that there is inevitable point where we have to unravel that where like we were too close and there isn't enough space in between the connection to let it breathe. Mm -hmm. And because both of us had experienced that in the past, it was part of our agreement to go a little bit slower and like slow and steady. Like we have a very like tortoisey relationship, which I love, you know, because it's like slow, but it's also steady. Like there's a continual commitment and investment into the relationship, which in many ways has left me feeling so safe to tell you like things that I've never told anybody else, you know, or like elements where I'm like really struggling or really feeling a lot of shame. And I, just naturally feel safe to expose those parts to you, obviously with consent, you know, we don't dump on each other. <laughs> like that's part of our agreement too. Like, are you available? <laughs> Every time I share, I'm like, Oh my God, this is the longest voice note I've ever done. I'm so sorry if I dumped on you or let it out. And you're like, no, silly, you didn't dump on me at all. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, again, this is just like, everyone listening is like okay you guys (laughs) you're great really for me another edge that I've really practiced with friendships has been to share Mm. because I really I can get really locked into the observer role and Mm. you know really just I was like let me just practice just not waiting to be asked just 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 share Mm -hmm. and every time I would share you would mirror back my experience and you would you would just it was just always so comforting and and I it's just, it's just so wild how you just don't know a lot of times even what has been missing until mm-hmm. it's there in the same way you don't know what boundaries are until the lines are crossed exactly in the yeah. same way that we don't know that I think it's it's the flip way sometimes we don't know what needs what relational needs and you know when I think about the pleasure conversation I, I always come to remember the book "Come as You Are," have you read mm. it by Emily Nagoski? Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful! And she's so good. This is more in the sexual domain. She talks about the breaks and the accelerators, yes. and it's like I I think about this concept of breaks as the boundaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not quite an exact match, but the accelerators, like what what context is going to allow us to move forward in this relationship, yes. and then what context is going to um, really mute things down. And I think mm-hmm. for us, so much of it has been. Really, we know a lot of each other's core vulnerabilities, like yeah. core woundings, mm-hmm. which can feel really scary to expose to, to yeah. new friendships when you've had those things sure. to advantage of or hurt. And then you allow this person, you you watch and you see how they hold it and they've mm-hmm. always held it and honored it. And um, yeah, I feel like we've talked about so many different layers. Know. You know? <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> We're going to have to do uh, 2.0 because <laughs> we could just go in a bazillion different directions. I think, oh. I mean, we clearly have no problem talking to each other and <laughs> entertaining ourselves. <laughs> it's so fantastic. And I, I love that whole concept of the break and the accelerator, especially when it comes to boundaries and celebration and needs. And, and you just said something that's so vitally important like when it comes to new friendships, there is this degree of you know being willing to invest and, you know, put yourself out there. Maybe you don't put like your biggest vulnerability out there right away. Yes. And that's, that was a big part of our slow and steady turtle time here was <laughs> like, we would build trust with each other. I would start with something that if you rejected me for that, I, it wouldn't really impact me, but 
it but built. No, but I would know. know. I would know. I'd be like, okay, if she rejected me for that, then we've gone as far as we can go. Like I, I'm going to have to tier this on like tier four. Yeah. And, you know, so we kept revealing like these like smaller vulnerabilities so that we built trust with each other. And when there was enough trust there that I'm like, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I bring this like very, very tender part of me forward, not only does Sylvie have the capacity to hold it, but she will honor it, respect it and never use it against me. Mm. And that got built over time. It's not something that happens like on date one or phone call one or like conversation one, which it mirrors in the dating space. Like, and so you're hitting a landmine with this one, you know that, right? Yeah. This, is, this is one of the things that I remember my therapist told me, because what would happen for me is I would share vulnerability with someone. They wouldn't respond warmly. And then I would share deeper. Yes. Like, well, maybe if I share this bigger thing about myself, then they'll be warm and compassionate and validating and, and give me the reassurance that I need. And it was like this. No, they're not. If they're not responding to this thing this smaller level thing what on earth makes me think that they're going to respond so that was i mean what Mm. you just said right there like i hope people really take that in because it's so vital that we build our sharing of vulnerability and that we don't Mm. give away these big pockets without really assessing how they're responding to the smaller scale stuff Mm -hmm. oh this Mm. is huge Mm -hmm. this is really Mm -hmm. huge uh, well, I think we should leave them on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Let them marinate in that. Until um, 2.0. <laughs> until 2.0, yes. Um, so let's let's transition into our rapid fire pleasure questions. I'm excited and nervous. I'm so excited to hear your answers here. Okay, so this is like right in alignment with our conversation today. Beautiful. What is something you're celebrating in your life right now? something I'm celebrating in my life. Um, I'm celebrating in my life. I think rest and ease and flow. It's something that I, I always get away from because of life gets busy. But whenever I come back to that space, I feel like it's something that comes quite naturally to me Mm. to be able to, to, to be able to access rest and ease and, it feels really important to to remind myself to celebrate that and to not look at that as a uh, to not look at that as a I should say use the word laziness or um, you know our mm-hmm. culture the, can really promote fast pace getting yes. things done and of course there's a time and space to do that but it's been nice to just honor that part of me more. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite answer to that question so far. <laughs> um, ooh, let's see. How has pleasure shifted your relationship to magic? How has pleasure shifted my relationship to magic? Oh, my gosh. When I'm feeling excitement, I know that something's about to brew. <laughs> when I can really start amplifying and leaning towards those feelings and creating um again i think contacts and friends and people that i can play with that that can help Mm. me um like we we play off that energy with each other like how Mm -hmm. we talk about magical things all the time yeah and like you know this is what i'm thinking and and this is what i'm dreaming and this is where i might see where i'm living and mm-hmm. and we're coming we're our energy's living in a place of pleasure and excitement yes. and we're doing yes. that so mm. it helps brings a lot of things to fruition and if it doesn't it's just it's so wonderful to dream yes yes and you know one of our dreams that i mean I created it that I enrolled you into. It was like eating noodles in a castle in Italy. <laughs> when are we going? <laughs> oh, and Ireland. And Ireland, yep. Frolicking through Ireland, collecting all of the magical vortexes and just frolicking in them. Love it. Okay, let's see. Ooh, what has pleasure been the portal for most recently in your life? Pleasure been the most, hmm, gosh, what has it been 
the most what has it portaled me into <laughs> god you know i want to say it's like pleasure and pain for me live really close to each other mm. i imagine they do for a lot of people mm-hmm. and so i think i don't even know if i'm answering the question so we'll see where it goes <laughs> i don't know but i think it's 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 pleasure and pain and leaning into the the feeling realm has just allowed me to just be more grounded within my mm. my experiences and and not feel like I have to yeah this one's a little bit of a hard one for me to for me to to really put words to mm. you know I mean in this I could say in the sexual d- domain <laughs> I don't know you can say whatever you want or you don't have to say anything at all <laughs> Well, I think for me, what I can share is, is, you know, the sexual template that I resonate a lot with is, has always been kink. kink. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. It's and so it, on it's the ground like, for us. I know. One more. One so more. It, it's like finding avenues in the sexual department where I, I can play, you know, mm-hmm. and I think sexuality has always been an, a, a huge portal of, of aliveness and thankfulness for me. And, um, I'm actually quite grateful that I I I didn't have a lot of shaming experiences growing mm. up around sexuality. So that was one area that I feel like, of course, as a woman, there are still things yeah. that have come up. But um, yeah, so really embracing that part of me more, yeah. finding really cool ways to to play there. Yes, that's a great answer. <laughs> the kinks. Okay, one one final question. Okay. You ready? If you could whisper a nugget of pleasure wisdom to 13-year-old you, what would you tell her? Oh man. Oh man. Gosh, a nugget of pleasure wisdom to 13-year-old me. I think I would say really follow the whispers of excitement. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all around you, and it's so easy for you to focus on others and supporting others and their joys and just remember to take some time and carve it out for you and to listen to those whispers because they're going to guide you and they're going to bring in your magical friends (laughs) who will take you to ancient lands and go frolic with unicorns Oh, so good. Um, all right. So obviously everyone's going to be in love with you after they listen to this conversation. So where can they find you? What do you've got that you're offering? If people want to go deeper with you and your work on boundaries or attachment systems, tell them, tell them where they can find you. Well, the biggest hub would be my Instagram, which is at Sylvie Kukassian. I won't spell it out, but Kelsey will share it. <laughs> I will sure. link it in the show notes. <laughs> um, and then I do have a boundaries program that I have been really revamping with my partner to really include the family domain, the friendship domain, because I've gotten so many questions around how to have boundaries with friends. And yes. I think it's so vital that we 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 validate the the experiences around boundaries maybe not being respected or recognized mm-hmm. and learning how to speak into them. So that's gonna be, I mean, by the time people listen to this, it's probably gonna the 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 relaunch will have already taken place. So mm-hmm. the boundaries program would be the one that I would really Amazing. really emphasize right now. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to share this with everybody. Thank you so much for your time and your heart and your wisdom and your friendship. I just value you so much. And I can't wait for everyone else to hear this conversation today. I love you. Thank you so much, Kelsey. This was such a pleasure and adore you can't wait for ireland together and all the things all the things all the things all right everyone thank you for your time for listening today it was such an honor to have you here with us we know that that's no small thing to invest an hour and a bit listening to conversations and if this conversation moved you if it inspired you if it had impact for you please share it with someone else you know could really benefit from this conversation that would be wildly helpful to the podcast but also to our mission of spreading more pleasure more delight and more magic out into the world love you friends bye